The Flames fought hard, but not hard enough against the Vancouver Canucks Saturday night. And could there be more moving parts to this retooling than just the pending UFAs? Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me here today. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We're going to recap the Saturday night loss to the Vancouver Canucks for Nikita Zadorov's homecoming. And we have a bit to talk about. Uh, I don't think that we really dove into this much here on Locked on Flames. What are the options when it comes to trading Dylan Dubin? All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Flames. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts and of course on YouTube as well. Hoping to reach 500 subscribers by the end of the month for a birthday gift for myself. (laughs) And let's dive right into it. Saturday night, it was such a beautiful celebration for uh, the Indigenous night that they had. I thought that was really great. But the vibes after that, it just kind of felt very much like a playoff atmosphere. And the teams played well. Like, I'm not going to sit here and knock either team. I thought that they both played competitive hockey and that's that's what you want to see. Connor Zari um stood out to me in the first period when he was battling for the puck and uh it was to it was on the power play when Backland eventually scored but his patience and his grittiness to battle and defend the puck that led to the pass to Uyghur to Backland Uh, It was great. You know, I think that that's absolutely something that should be commended. I understand that he's not going to get on the score sheet for that, but it's something that has to go kind of, you know, you have to appreciate it. It's one of those things that deserves recognition. Easy as that, right? But the Flames did not only score one power play goal, they scored two power play goals. I know. I can't believe it. It was a miracle in December, to be entirely honest. I could not believe myself. I had to rub my eyes and, you know, make sure I was actually watching the flames because we know how horribly this power play has struggled. It has been horrible all season, pretty much. They have not been able to figure out a way to capitalize on the man advantage and really not even necessarily score but to do anything besides pass the puck that's all they're doing and teams can easily read that and it's not ending well for the flames at all so hopefully this is kind of the step in the right direction here uh two power play goals coming from backland and the birthday boy elias lindholm uh, lindholm actually had two goals there. He scored the power play goal in the second and third goal in the third period. It was not enough for the Flames to, you know, obviously tie it up and push it to overtime, but 
nice to see uh, that hard-fought effort. I think that they were simply outplayed. The Canucks have this incredible chemistry that is so apparent on the ice. And Julian McKenzie tweeted and said that chemistry on steroids. And that's, that is the way to describe it. This, this team looks so just effortless and smooth. And like they, they knew what was happening two steps ahead of, you know, they were two steps ahead of everything, meaning they're also two steps ahead of their opponent. And it's really nice to see hockey played like that, especially from a team that has been down on their luck and had some really tough seasons recently. It's good to know that you can eventually build yourself back up from that. And I I really do like that they were able to score. I understand. You know what? Scoring is part of the game, but scoring on Thatcher Demko, that's a little hard to do. So I will give them credit there, but I I need, 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 need to see this defense get a little bit better. They have to tighten it up defensively. I'm hoping that the Flames can kind of emulate some of the chemistry that the Canucks have and, you know, work on tightening things up, work on better communication on the ice because there are so many little mistakes that end up leading to the bigger mistakes and that cost you goals or, you know, you go on the penalty kill and, you know, you're down a man and they eventually score or it's just, it's very sloppy still, I think, in some areas. And, you know, the forwards, the Flames have a strong enough forward group constructed with players that are capable of playing a two-way game. Andrew Mangiapane, I'm looking at you. You gotta start playing better defensively, uh, stronger on the forecheck, and just, I know it's there. That's why you got that $5.9 million contract, because we know it's there. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cliche for the first shot turn to the first goal. The Flames had 13 giveaways. Again, that speaks to the defensiveness uh, or lack thereof in the game. They've, they've definitely been better in terms of turnovers and giveaways, but I'm still seeing too much for my liking, and it is very obviously costing them games. But coming up next, we are going to talk about moving on from the hometown boy that is Dylan Dubé. But before we do that, we are going to take a quick moment here and talk about Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Andrew Mangiapane could score 50 goals and the Calgary Flames could hoist the Stanley Cup and you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey because with sleeper you can win 100 times your cash in daily hockey fantasy hockey contests all you have to do is pick whether studs like nazim kadri connor mcdavid ovechkin or jonathan huberto will record more or less than their sleeper projections for each during each game uh for things like goals assists saves plus, minus, and more in a given game. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. 
Terms and conditions apply. Again, that is code locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and make sure you're subscribed wherever you're getting your podcasts and on YouTube. Dylan Dubé is one of those guys that has had to work a lot harder than other players to get to where he is. I think that he has always been this grinder. He has always been this underdog necessarily think he's undersized I think he's like 6'2 Dylan Dubé is 5'11 so 6'2 if you're on tinder I really think that he is like he is definitely someone that has a strong work ethic he has those intangibles that coaches love which is why I think the flames have held on to him for so long because he brings this underdog mentality and grittiness and I don't know what to call it personality to the team and he is a he is a good hockey player um and he's shown that but I do think that he has had over 300 chances to prove himself and I just don't think he has any more room left in the Flames organization and that really stinks to say out loud because I remember when I started covering this team, Dubé and Mangiapane were kind of like coming up at the same time. And I was rooting so hard for both of them because I could just tell how bad they both wanted it. And Mangiapane did pop. Dubé never really did. He'll score in one game, typically when they wear a blasty jersey. And then he'll go cold for like three weeks to a month. And he's a defensive liability as well. And it just, it kills me when they put him out there on the top line. And he's out there for like 18, 17, 18 minutes a night. And it's like, what are you doing? You have seen just the amount of mistakes that are there. And if you haven't really seen what I'm talking about, I highly suggest going back and watching some recaps Maybe not flame-centric ones. Maybe watch the opponents because you might, you could see it or pay extra close attention to when he is on the ice on Tuesday against Minnesota. During the game on Saturday, I saw a number of people saying, oh, wave Dylan Dubé. Like, what's the point? Like, it's, it's over. We've, we've, he has nothing left to give this Flames roster. Their words, not mine. You Waving him creates a number of issues. Number one, there is a fine because he's on an NHL contract rather than, you know, like a two-way contract. It's very different. So he's technically not like, you get fined because it's an NHL player. And then there's the issue of you're risking losing him for nothing if you waive him. Now, obviously, the return for Dubé is not going to be anything magnificent. You're not going to get some sort of you're probably going to get what you got for Nikita Zadorov if not just like one draft pick. that's the truth of it all I, I don't consider myself a trade expert but I do have to say that you're not going to be getting a, a roster player you might get a prospect more than likely a draft pick but 2.3 million dollar cap hit and he's an RFA next year that that's going to be attractive to a team might need you know some guy to fill out the bottom uh, bottom six and eat those minutes. He could have it, he could find himself in his game in an entirely new organization. It is just so confusing because I don't know if there was ever a long-term plan for Dylan Dubé to be part of this team. 
I have been saying for probably two seasons now that they needed to trade him. They should have traded him when he was scoring and racking up those points. He had a 32-point season followed by a 45-point season. You are not seeing those again. Those are anomalies. This is no disrespect to Dylan Dubé. I think that Dylan Dubé has done a lot for the Calgary community. I hear nothing but nice things when people have run into him at the Stampede, when they have run into him at like the grocery store or out and about or at Flames events. He, there's no one, I have not heard anyone say a negative word about him and I believe it. He seems like a very nice kid. You know, he's 25 years old, $2.3 million cap hit and an RFA has team, you know, has team control. I mean, that that is absolutely something that a team is going to like, especially in a waiver pick up. It's not unrealistic to see that happen, which is why I think that they, Craig Conroy has some, you know, a little bit of leniency here, a little bit of wiggle room to get something done for him. There's no point in waiting. You know, maybe you do do it closer to the deadline because that's when teams are going to be looking for something. And maybe between now and then he does pop off something, you know, he's able to find his game. And I just, I think it is time that we let go. It, it is time. I know it stinks. He's from the area. It, it's time. You just, you have to do it at one point. And it's like the ship, like most things in this organization, the ship has sailed. The ship has long since sailed and you know I don't foresee a future where he is with the team long term and doing anything impactful it's there's just not a spot for him on this roster especially you're telling me right now that Connor Zari has been seeing less minutes than Dylan Dubé when it's Zari that's out there making an impact when Jacob Pelletier comes back that's not going to fly. I understand, you know, he's going to have to rehab and build himself back up, whatever. Sure. Completely understandable. But Dylan Dubé cannot be taking minutes away from these young players. He can't. We need to maximize <laughs> the Connor Zaris, the Pospisils, the, I mean, not a forward, but Dennis Gilbert, the Nick DeSimones, uh, Jacob Pelletier, Matt Coronado, like, they need to be seeing as much ice time as they possibly can. And you can't look me in the eye and give me one good reason why Dylan Dubé's hockey uh, performance should have him on the ice over a Connor Zari or Martin Pospisil since they're on the roster right now. I just find it very difficult to wrap my head around. And, you know, maybe he does get hot and starts to heat up between now and the trade deadline. But I think that the flames should really explore trading him. And I just, I don't, it does not do anything productive during the game. And it's just becoming very difficult to watch and defend. Coming up next, I am going to preview uh, kind of this week ahead, uh, the next three opponents and 
what you can expect from these teams. But before we do that, I do want to take a minute here and talk to you about Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish that you could do the same with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for the perfect candidate with the right skills when you can do all of that with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. And that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applicants that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash on to start hiring now. All you have to do is go to Indeed.com slash on. Indeed.com slash on to start hiring. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Locked On Flames. I appreciate your support, and I would love it even more if you went and checked out the national show, Locked On NHL, to catch up on news from around the league. And they're fun. All the hosts are great, and you get to hear more about the larger stories. And I encourage you to check out uh, Locked On Wild ahead of the Flames matchup because Seth does an excellent job, and he has some fantastic uh, guests as well as segments, and I think you will all appreciate uh, Locked on Wild. Speaking of Locked on Wild, <laughs> the Flames take on the Minnesota Wild at home on Tuesday, and Minnesota is 3-0 and since their coaching change. Uh, this reminds me a little bit of when Vancouver eventually uh, fired Bruce Boudreau uh, and hired Rick Tockett. It felt like something that like had to happen. And I don't necessarily think that it coaches fault. Again, you can only do so much with the players you're given and what you're capable of teaching. But anyways, the Wild are doing really well. They scored, uh, they won Sunday night or Sunday afternoon rather, four to one against Chicago. And they're they look better. They, you know, there's more of a confidence in their play. They look more cohesive. And the one thing, though, that I am interested in looking to see what happens is uh, the the goaltending for the Wild. I think that last time I checked, uh, Mark Andre Fleury was one of the worst goaltenders in the league, uh, based on money puck stats and that's that's not good. Of course you don't want you don't want any of your guys to be in the bottom, but especially a guy like Flower, always rooting for him, right? No matter where he is. But based on the numbers and some eye test, right? You could say the same thing about the Flames. Jacob Markstrom has like an 896 save percentage. Dan Vladar and Dustin Wolf have like an 860 something. Like you look at that and you're just like, why are none of your goalies really 
over 900. It happens, right? Like there are just some nights that you get stormed, like or you can't stop a beach ball, like there's nothing you can do, right? But I am certainly interested to see how these two teams match up against each other because the Wild, like I said, they have been in a very weird position this season. To me, the Wild are very much like the Flames in terms of not knowing what direction they want to go in. And they don't know if they're competitive or not. And by the time they figure it out, it is too late. And they are on the brink of missing the playoffs or being eliminated. And the big difference here is the <laughs> the Wild have high-end talent with Kirill Kaprizov. So can't say the same for the Flames. On Thursday, a storm rolls into town with the Carolina Hurricanes and... This team, they they just cannot stop scoring. I was scrolling through some stats on NHL.com and just kind of like looking to see if they had a weak spot. And I don't necessarily think that there is one that just jumps out right at you. Um, the biggest thing that I noticed, I mean, really, I guess their penalty kill. I think their penalty kill is ranked 21st in the league. Not great, but I mean, the Flames can't really generate a solid power play to save their life. I would be shocked if the Flames could uh, generate another power play goal so soon after these last two. I would love to see it. I have such a beef with the Carolina Hurricanes, mainly because of the 2019 Eastern Conference Finals. And anytime Rod Brindamore opens his mouth and cries to the refs, uh, Really not a f fan of that. I think that calls are going to get missed, and especially in the playoffs. Uh, you know, it happens. That's a whole different discussion towards the spring that we may have. But they have a good power play. Penalty kill is not that great. They are fifth in goals for with 80. As of right now, Sunday night at 8.37 p.m. Eastern time. So th this team can't stop scoring. That's not really good considering how leaky the defense has been and how inconsistent the goaltending has been. Jacob Markstrom, he looks okay. He does. There's definitely some goals where it's like, okay, you couldn't have stopped that no matter how hard you tried. And you see Dan Vladar in that he had a horrendous game two seasons ago, I believe it was, against the Hurricanes. And it was like around this time. It was actually around in January. And it just, it was not good for the Flames. It was not good for him. I'm pretty sure he allowed like six goals. I could be making that up, but it, that sounds right. Our old friend, Tyler Toffoli, comes to town on Saturday. Saturday afternoon, too, uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, Tyler Toffoli and the New Jersey Devils come to town. Um, <laughs> hopefully we get a nice tribute video there. I'm sure they will. And they have one pa uh, package together. I hope that they post this one on social media. I mean, I get that Toffoli, like, obviously isn't a Gaudreau or anything like that. But I, I do think that players that are there for, like, more than two seasons should probably get their stuff posted to social media. I didn't see uh, Zadorov's, but then again, I wasn't entirely looking for one either. So I do hope we get to see it. And it's not just played during a TV timeout or anything like that. One thing I did not expect was to see that New Jersey is seventh in the Metro division. I was absolutely gobsmacked when I saw that. I thought that they were like within the top four 
No, 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 no. That my eyes were deceiving me. And I went from the bottom to the top. And I was like, oh, you are right there above the Columbus Blue Jackets. They are 10, 11, and 1, I think. And oh my God, I know that they've been banged up by injuries, but I didn't think it was that bad. And now I understand why Rangers Rangers fans are talking so much crap. Yes, deserved. I understand that goaltending has been an issue for them as well. Uh, I'm not sure if their goaltenders aren't staying healthy or if they just stink or both. But may I offer them a Dan Vladar on their way out the door? You never know. Never know who's coming knocking, especially because they were interested in Zadorov. We'll find out because it is only Monday and the game is not for another five days. Six days. Six days. But that'll do it for me on today's episode of Locked on Flames. So thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. I highly encourage you to listen to Locked on Wild, Locked on Hurricanes, and Locked on Devils so you have a good idea of who the Flames are facing this week. And I will see you all tomorrow. And Nick will be back later this week as well. And stay safe, stay warm, stay hydrated, and go buy yourselves a chapstick.